Hi, I'm Sammy Case. I'm Beth King. And we are going home home, at least from Malawi to America. We've been in Malawi for the last year and a half as teachers, and we are making this podcast as a discussion for our transition back home because it's not an easy thing and we want to be intentional about our processing processing yeah so today's episode is called what have you learned about yourself but first before we get into the question i want to ask beth and beth maybe you'll ask me this too (laughs) what was this week like because this was our first week back at school from a month-long break and it is the beginning of our descent we have six months left here officially six months left of school and we want to finish strong so how did you start the beginning of the end (laughs) drama i had actually a really good week and i know it was all thanks to jesus because i prayed ahead of time for each of the fruits of the spirit and i prayed for specific things for each of the fruits and I think that really helped me get through the week. Also, a lot of students were absent, so it was much easier (laughs) classroom management, which made me feel really good about myself, but it wasn't me. But another thing was because we officially decided that we're officially leaving, Mm. and I decided I'm not going to be a teacher anymore, it was a lot easier to appreciate the parts of teaching that I really like because I know I won't have that anymore, most likely. So when the kids really caught on to a lesson that I was not confident in, it was really exciting. And when the kids that were usually not engaged were really excited and adorable and showing me what they've drawn, I was able to appreciate that a lot more. Um, For some reason, I was able to see them as individuals. I guess, I mean, not for some reason. I did pray about this. But over before break, it was just getting really hard to not see the class as just a group of noise. And coming back, I wanted to be able to see each kid individually. And I've been able to do that a lot better. So it was a great week. It was a good week. Yes, how was your week back at school? Wow, thanks for asking me that, too. That's very kind of you, Beth. You didn't have to do that. I know. Oh, okay. Um, Well, my week was kind of hard, and I think part of me is suspecting that it is, like, flying the coop, growing, going pains. You know how, like... That's clever. Thank you. (laughs) I just came up with it as I was outwardly processing... But I think something that my parents definitely said is that when you are getting ready to leave, some sort of defense mechanism makes you just kind of be crankier or be in a worse mood as if to say, I know I'm leaving soon and I don't want you to leave me. I don't want to leave you as if it was the best day on earth. I want, you know, it's a self-defense mechanism of like, trying to push some pe- somebody away. So it's like, oh. it feels like both me and my students were kind of tense 
because I've told them since the beginning that I'm not coming back. And this is the last six months. I think I had high hopes and high expectations over our break that it would be really fun right from the get-go. We'd just run out the gates and be really excited and really happy to see each other. And that was true. But I feel like the tiredness is what won this week over the excitement and the enjoyment. And part of me suspects now that it's me defending myself by trying to push them away. Because you don't want to miss them? Yeah. I think I really enjoy... I've enjoyed this group a lot. I think that because I kind of knew what was coming teaching-wise, I was able to just enjoy them as children and as people instead of stressing like, oh my gosh, we're behind schedule, we need to do this now, and I can't interact with them because we have to do this work. But I've been able to chill out a lot more and just kind of enjoy being in their presence and enjoy being a mentor more than a teacher. So I already, I guess I knew probably two months in that I was really going to miss them by the end. You still are. I still am (laughs) going to miss them, you're right. But I think that... Uh, it was a hard week because I let the tiredness win. I let it make me cranky and grumpy and just easily upset. And I'm disappointed that that happened. So how are you going to make next week better? Well, maybe I'll drink more coffee. (laughs) Good one, Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I think that I was really looking forward to the weekend, and I had a really good Saturday, yesterday. Um, So I feel like that will just help it be better. I know it's kind of an excuse, a justification would be, oh, it was the first week back, which is true. I was really tired, genuinely tired from waking up at 4.50 every day um, and then having to deal with these kids. But I do think that with this next week, it can only get better. That's kind of what I'm seeing is, you know, I'm not going to be nearly as cranky. Because I don't want to be. I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, would you like to share what you've learned about yourself? Um, I'd like you to share first because I just took these notes less than an hour ago, so I'm still thinking about them. Okay. So, what I've learned about myself. It was harder for me to remember last year, because I learned most, I think, the last six months. It was just a lot Mm. of learning about myself. Um, And actually, a huge majority of it was because of the Enneagram. Mm, That's definitely in my answers, I learned a lot about myself (laughs) from the Enneagram. I already knew I was a one, because I took the quiz ages ago, but I didn't get what that meant. It was an online thing wasn't explained well but I read the book this year and it was amazing so part of being a one what I learned uh, which definitely applied to me was that I've been believing that I need to earn God's love which I think I talked about last time a yeah. little bit that's kind of a big deal I didn't really realize I, I guess I had like notions of that because I've known I'm a perfectionist. But uh, hearing that it's part of my personality was mind-blowing. Also, being a one, I found out I'm driven by anger, which 
was totally revealed <laughs> last year, mm-hmm. actually, because I was angry all the time. And I didn't understand that. I was like, I'm not an angry person. But turns out I am. And that's mm-hmm. actually my driving emotion. And I think before this year, I thought it was just passion. But, <laughs> uh, definitely anger. And the things I'm passionate about are what I get angry about, you know? Like the metric system, not okay. being in America. Anyway, uh, also, let's see. Um, part of the Enneagram experience, well, the book talked about how this might be my personality, but I don't have to be ruled by per- my personality, which was so helpful because I thought, you know, that's just how I am. I, I'm a perfectionist. I have to do everything exactly right, and I can't take a break and all that kind of stuff. But I can, and I can control my thoughts, and it has, like, uh, it's kind of guidelines for helping you control your thoughts, which is helpful in all areas of life. So I learned that I am capable of doing that with God's help, and I don't have to dwell on things that make me angry, and I don't have to dwell on my self-criticisms. I can acknowledge them and then let them go. You have a question? Today? Yes, I do. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> so that means I have a question, but I'm trying to be subtle about it because this is a podcast. Um, is that all you do when you have to get over anger? You just say, oh, I don't have to be angry? How have you oh, controlled no. the anger? Well, I identify what's making me angry, and then I decide if it's true or not. Like, um, if I'm told I did something wrong then usually I'm angry because I'm like, but I did it the best I could, and that means I'm not good enough, and then that's not true. So if I can identify the root of me thinking I'm not good enough because somebody told me to fix something that I did, like something stupid like an exam I wrote, uh, then I can start praying like, God, help me remember I am good enough, and then I can let go of those angry thoughts. Interesting. Yes. It's very helpful. Highly recommend book. What's it called again? You didn't name the book. It's called The Road Back to You. Yeah, because I forgot what it's called. The Road Back to You. I can't remember who wrote it. By an author. It's orange. That's it's how actually you know you got the right more word. like a yellow. It's orange. I would say like like a goldenrod uh, yellow. That's anyway. I'm sure you will find it on the internet. Okay, so moving on, I have a few more. I learned that I don't naturally get along with everyone. I thought I was just the friendliest person ever. Uh, I thought I could, you know, uh, I don't know. I just thought I could be everyone's friend. It's never been an issue before, but now I know some people I just can't. And that's okay, as long as I'm nice. Do you have any stories of when you learned that? Yeah, (laughs) last year. I was just trying to be nice, you know, to a certain person, just constantly. And it was exhausting. And this person was so mean to me. So I was like, really, I got really upset. And uh, I actually felt hatred, which Mm -hmm. I had never felt before. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was like, I can't believe this. (laughs) I'm capable of hate. Do you, what was your breakthrough moment for realizing you do not have to be friends with everybody? I don't know if I had a moment. I think, uh, 
I think I just got tired <laughs> of trying and I realized that I can't change a person and people are maybe it's because of Enneagram too like everyone has a different personality I don't have to click with every single person no. it's just not going to happen because we're all so different so all throughout growing up from birth to how old you were last year when okay, you realized I do remember that hating there was one other person. not not hatred <laughs> friendships you were friends with everybody that you interacted with I just with. got along with everybody everyone I mean I wasn't popular but everyone liked me you didn't ever I have, didn't have any, enemies yeah you didn't have anybody who you were like wow I need to go this way because I need to avoid that person I do not like okay, them okay I had one like bullying instance okay but other than that, it was like, yeah, I could, in high school, I was friends with someone in every group, and I was proud of that. Yeah. It was like my thing. I could make people feel welcomed, and I liked that a lot. And now, uh, I have a lot more defensive walls now. Hmm. Do you Not think necessarily that, in a bad way. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I have some boundaries. I have some good boundaries. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess part of that was learning. I already, you know, some of this is just relearning. But I definitely try to please authority, like, way too much. Mm. So now I have better boundaries in that area. Um, I have three more. Are you getting bored? No. Great, I'm going to continue. Another one I learned is that I am an artist at my core mm. in college. Snap, snap. Oh, thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> uh, at the end of college, I was like, I'm not an artist. That's not my identity. I, I like art, but I'm not like super passionate about it. But I think... That was because I was able to create whenever I wanted. So it wasn't like I had this void that I had to fill. And now that I'm working all the time and teaching, I feel it a lot when I can't create for myself. Um, and having opportunities to make things uh, like the Christmas pageant paintings, uh, it just showed me that that's what I really love doing. And I need to be making things, otherwise I will go crazy. Even if it's just student samples, like making lesson plans and then creating the sample. I love making the samples. It's so fun for me. Because mm -hmm. I just get to make something. That's all I want. I just want to make things. <laughs> um, and another part of my past identity that was huge to me was being an extrovert. That was, like, my thing. Yes, it was. And half the world's thing. But I was proud of being an extrovert. And now I'm like, I don't need people all the time. I used to just, you know... Like, I remember this one instance where I was in an apartment with four other girls, and I was the only one awake. It was, like, 10 a.m., and everyone else was sleeping. And I just started singing to myself... I want to be where the people are. <laughs> I was like, I'm so funny, I can't even tell anyone, and I just want people to be here. Ugh, and I don't feel like that anymore. Now I'm like, if everyone's sleeping, it's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I can be in my own room. 
and I only need, you know, my roommates every once in a while, and I'll be fine. <laughs> so that's new to me. And my last thing is that I naturally overwork or work too hard, which sounds like kind of like bragging, mm-hmm. but it's not healthy. And since I know that now that I know I naturally will just keep working, I can remind myself to stop and that it doesn't matter so much. And actually, I don't remember if I said this before, but my computer died in November. So I didn't have a computer for like two months. And that helped me a lot, learning how to not work, because there's so many things I couldn't do when I needed to do them. So I let a lot of things slide, and nothing has been affected by that. Like, my teaching is still the same level, Mm. and I, I don't know, I just, nothing was affected by me not being able to turn in that one lesson plan exactly on time. So that was good for me to see that, uh... I'm naturally overworking not because it's necessary, just because that's who I am. So I can stop. How long did it take you to see that after you lost your computer? Oh, it was a long time. Uh, Probably like after a month, I was like, huh, I have been doing way less work. Yeah. (laughs) And it's okay. I've read a lot of books. That's good. Yeah. So now I'd like to know what Hmm. you've learned about you. Certainly. Um, I think that something that I found interesting was that on my list, too, the Enneagram was a huge help about me discovering who I am and the way that I function. Um, I think that I had trouble finding out who, what, what number I was. I know it really frustrated my sister. She just thought that I was being completely ignorant and stupid when I told her I was a seven-wing four. She was oh, like, yeah, that's, that's impossible, possible. you idiot. So that was, that was really encouraging. Not. But you got a book. You got The Road Back to You. You read it, and then I read it. And, and then everyone in this whole campus read it. Which is actually not super true because the book just kind of got stuck and now okay, but everyone wanted it. to read it. Everyone wanted to read it, but only you and I read it. Because we're unique, except oh I'm gosh. more unique because I'm a four. And that was mind-blowing. I, just, I didn't know anything about Enneagram before reading it, and it was an entertaining book to begin with, and I really liked the way that it was written. And then I found out that the author himself was a four, and I was like, whoa, this is, I can relate so well, this is amazing. <laughs> And it was really cool to learn the things that make me tick and the things that I related to. And I, he said in the beginning, he prefaces these um, descriptions as they might make you upset. But I just found myself laughing a lot because I was like, that is so true. That's crazy and weird. And I, I think it goes straight into the next thing that I've learned about myself besides that I'm a number, that I'm a four, wing five. Um, And that's that I'm really a self-aware person. And I think that I've known that, but I've never really expressed it or used it as a self-identifier, that I am a self-aware person and I know when I'm upset and I know when to walk away. And I think I've, since like revealing that to myself, I feel like I've been able to 
just grow in that kind of thing. Like, I know I just, if I'm going to be upset about something, I'll just tell you or I'll tell somebody. And that helps so much with frustration levels is just admitting to yourself what's wrong. And so that has been super helpful because last year was absolutely the toughest year I've experienced in my life. And I was angry most of the time. I was hurt most of the time. I was frustrated most of the time. And being self-aware and knowing that I was self-aware and all those things just helped me to process things better because I'm an internal processor, so I need to take time to figure things out. Um, And the self-awareness, it helps a lot for me to kind of get through it quicker and to be more thorough about it even. Um, I've seen that. Thank you. Thank you for seeing. Yes. (laughs) Um, I learned that I am above all, I think, as I was writing this list out, the last thing that I wrote is I'm a work in progress, and that has been a huge frustration, (laughs) is that I feel like I'm getting better at this one aspect of my personality of my life and then there's another thing that really needs to be tended to and then that thing I was working on it either stays the same or it goes down and I have to just (laughs) constantly juggle these things which is frustrating and it feels really tiring too just as this you know process of trying to be the best person I can be is starting and I know that it will never end until I die is yep. like kind of daunting. Um, so, you know, I think that I've grown a lot in certain things, but I also know that if I want to be the wise person that I aspired to be, this is never going to be complete. Um, yeah. So I also, I just, my le- <laughs> My list is just kind of a funny list of things that I could think of as I was sitting by the pool. I tried to go for a swim to think about it because that's what that's what Quentin Tarantino said in an interview. He said that he likes to go for a swim for an hour and then soak in the hot tub and think about what he's going to write. But, well, your problem is we don't have a hot tub. Okay, but here's the other problem. The pool was bright green when I got there, and that was disgusting, and I was like, you know, the... The swim people say it just does that when it rains, but I don't believe them. I think it's just gross. So I just sat by the pool instead, and I came up with this list. Um, and here we go. I am a self-aware person. I already said that. I consider home a... I'm just... Um, excuse that. And we're back! <laughs> We do live in a house with other people, so I put a do- I put a sign on the door. It says it's, recording your in sign progress. Is always on the door, so they should know. Um, okay, I consider home a place where the people I love are. So this place, Malawi, became pretty homey pretty quickly because I came with my homie. You. Hey, that was clever. Thank you. I came with you, um, and I thought that that was interesting because I made some really close friends last year who aren't here anymore, and this place stopped feeling like home. Mm, Good point. Thank you. 
It's funny how complimentary we are to each other over the podcast. I don't say thank you nearly as much to you in person, but thank you. Well, we don't talk like this normally. No, we don't. Um, And that is a point that maybe we can get back to because this whole podcast is about home. Yes. But moving on, I can wing lesson plans, which I thought, I I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, And along with that, I think I've learned that Everybody has no idea what they're doing. Oh, I learned that too. And that is like <laughs> so comforting. In high school, you hear people say, fake it till you make it. And I never really understood that. I just went along with it. But now that I'm in the working world, I understand that everybody is doing that. It's a serious <laughs> thing, it's very real. Absolutely nobody knows what they're doing. Um, and really, you do have to fake it till you make it, and eventually you'll make it. Uh, so I can wing lesson plans because I fake it till I make it. They <laughs> Write that down, everyone. They ask me some questions, and I'm like, yeah. And I know it's wrong, but I don't know. All right. <laughs> I'm a good worker despite bad situations. So last year, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I know that I was doing the best that I could. I was working as hard as I could. I was trying to be on top of everything because I knew that I had to and I wanted to. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to let go of, you know, trying to be the best that I could be. So I, I'm i a good worker. I'm a peculiar roommate. I learned that this year when I was having issues with another roommate for kind of a long time. Then I realized, wait a minute, I think I'm, I'm part of the problem. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of a weird roommate. I've got these weird things that I, uh, that I need, like not speaking for an hour in the morning. Don't talk to me in the morning. And don't use her coffee mug. And don't use my mug. <laughs> I learned that I don't love infant babies. If they're two years or above, I love hanging out with those kids. But infant babies, not my thing. I am a pushover as a high school teacher. <laughs> and I'm a very strict fifth grade teacher. Um, that has been interesting. I think it's because I'm taller than the fifth graders for the most part, but the high schoolers, they just, they're taller than me and they freaked me out last year. And I was a real pushover. It was ridiculous. I was also really tired in the afternoons. Um, I am learning how to be a worship leader and how to be more confident in front of a crowd. I'm learning to be accepting of Malawi's quirks. I think that a lot of the time, not a lot of time. I think what I've learned is you just kind of have to shrug a lot. Yeah. A lot of the times when we go out to eat, we will want something and they'll say, oh, we don't have that. You just have to shrug. You just have to accept it. Of course you don't. There's (laughs) nothing you can do about it. So in those kind of situations where you're powerless, where I'm powerless, I'm learning to just shrug and be okay and to move on and to not just stew in that can i put my two cents in here yeah thanks so let me just say when i watch movies and something someone does something it doesn't make any sense to me i'm like this movie's stupid that doesn't make any sense but now when i watch movies and that happens i'm like oh yeah people do things that don't make sense All the time. In real life. Yeah, and, like, organizations run in ways that don't make sense. So it's just changed my way of watching movies. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. They're really real now. Yeah, they make make sense. Yeah. 
Um, let me see. Yeah. The last thing that I want to say is that I think messing up is incredibly valuable. And that is something that I try to tell my class. No, she would tell that to me a lot. But okay. Messing up is very valuable. But every time that a student makes a mistake, for the most part, not like they did C instead of D on multiple choice. But when kids make mistakes, they just they tend to think that it's the end of the world. And so my goal as a teacher and as a mentor figure is to just really translate to them that messing up is super valuable. And I mess up all the time. For some reason, kids think that we have all the answers. And I think that that's crazy. They think that I know when Russia was founded, that kind of thing. Like, I'm like, I have no idea. But they just think that we're Google. They think we know everything. And so having that position I know that it's important to tell them that messing up is very valuable. And I try, we talk about it a lot in Bible. They, they're a very spiritual bunch. I think for the most part, they, they really believe in Jesus and they believe in the Bible. So we have pretty profound discussions, just me and 16, 10 and 11 year olds talking about how important it is to mess up and you know, if there's anything that I want them to go away with, it is that message that you are going to make mistakes and that's a good thing as long as you learn from them. You can't just keep making the same mistake over and over again, but trying to teach them the mistakes that I've made um, and the mistakes that they'll eventually make, you know, everyone goes through it. It's not just unique to one person. Like, I'm a screw up. We all are. And so that's my main goal to, to tell my, to my students that I have learned about myself is that I've made lots of mistakes, but I've also grown from them. That's reminded me that I have seen, learned about myself by seeing myself in students. Like I have one student that is so meticulous and will like start over every mm-hmm. time she makes a mistake. And I'm like, oh man, that drives me crazy. I used to do that. Yeah. I still do that. But I'm the one that's like, it's fine. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm telling them that all the time, and I can't even believe it myself. That's Every time I say it, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy Listen how, to myself. how we do that. And I think I've also learned, I've started to see myself taking this odd, like, auntie parental position with my students where, which is, this is very strange for me because I hate I really don't like getting advice that I didn't ask for. If I didn't ask for it, oh, why yeah. are you giving it to me? I don't need it. I'll come to you when I need it. But I have found myself wanting to give advice to my students <laughs> before they ask for it. And I realized that this week. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I hate it when people do that to me. Why am I doing that? And it's because, and I, I can see this more for when I think specifically, honestly, my parents, they try and give me advice. It's because... It's because they love me. And that was mind-blowing. I want to give them advice because I love my students. I don't want them to make the same mistakes that I have made. I want them to, like, truly just grasp what I'm saying. But I can see in their eyes that they don't care. And that is crazy. That was a crazy thing to see that I was reflecting my parents in this way that I just hated growing up. And still, you know, I still get frustrated with it. And that was kind of humbling to see, oh, my parents, 
love me. Mm. <laughs> they just want me to hear advice and they don't want me to make the same mistakes as them. Um, so I think that, you know, just as we're talking about it, I've learned a lot about my parents and the way that they have raised me through being a teacher because inevitably you do have to do a little bit of parenting and disciplining. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. I'm going to be such a good mom. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> uh, I had a question. Okay. About all these things we've learned about ourselves. So I was just thinking... Sometimes I'm, like, afraid when I go home-home that I'm going to lose these lessons. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that? And are there, like, some you're really mostly afraid of losing? Um, why don't you talk about it? What are you afraid of losing? Um, so, like, since I, I've been here, I've learned that, you know, I naturally will work too hard and be perfectionist, so I've... I've made a lot of progress in not doing that, and I feel, like, way more relaxed now, and I don't get anxious about my lessons anymore. I don't get anxious about work. I don't really get anxious anymore, which is <laughs> excellent, except about driving. We won't go there. Anyway, so I'm afraid I'm going to go back home, get a new job, and then have to start all over with that because yeah. I'm going to be, like, stressed because I'm learning something new. But I want to be able to start where I left off here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to... I don't want to go back to where I used to be when I got here, which was yeah. so anxious and stressed and angry. Well, here's what I think, just as you're saying that. I think that you will lose some of these lessons, but they're in your muscle memory that when they come up in your next job, you might have to relearn them again because it is like that 10,000 hours thing. You're not a professional. If anything, you've just scratched the surface So these lessons that you've learned, maybe you have less than 100 hours of professionalism with them, with, you know, being no longer anxious when your boss comes to you or being no longer frustrated when this certain thing happens at this specific job, this job you'll never have again. But these lessons you will, I think, carry with you and they'll come out when you need them. I think it would be impossible to remember everything that happened and to remember all the lessons you're just not going to be able to do that. And I think that you will lose some of it, but when you need it again, it'll be there. You know what? What? That was so good, it sounded scripted. Well, it wasn't. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what about you, though? Any thoughts for yourself? Well, I guess those were my thoughts. I oh, haven't... It sounded like it was all for me. <laughs> that was so nice. I, uh, I haven't given that much thought We did talk about it when we were in Mombasa about a month ago, about the lessons that we wanted to keep. And I don't think that that was an answer that I've... That was a question I fully had an answer to just yet because as self-aware as I am, I also have been living more in the moment with that self-awareness. And life really moves quickly and moves on quickly as well. Um... There's been certain moments just as we've been kind of beginning 2020, and I know that this is the descent that I'm like, I can't believe all that stuff happened last year, and I don't think about it, like, as deeply as I did when I was in it. Yeah, that's true. So the lessons that I want to take away, I don't really know. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Well, 
Can I tell you what I've learned about you? Yes, you can. And then I'll (laughs) tell you what I've learned about you. Some of the things are the things that you learned about yourself. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Most of what I've learned about you is your foreness. Okay, wait. I think we should talk about that because I think that we've become better friends even. Yeah, definitely. Because of the Enneagram and understanding each other. I can talk about that. Are you? You are? Yes, Well, I I would like to talk about that in case you weren't going to talk about it. Okay, well, here I go. Um, So, when I read the book about fours... (laughs) The book about fours? Well, it was a chapter. You made a mistake! It was a chapter! When I read the chapter about fours in the book called The Road Back to You, (laughs) uh, it was like, oh my gosh, I understand so much better now. Why Sammy is the way she is. Uh, Talking about you. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, what I learned is that fours have a greater emotional range, which makes so much sense to me now because I'm, like, generally, you know, emotionally flatliner. I'm, like, you know, half angry, half happy, just all the time. But Sammy can be, like, so sad... (laughs) And then so happy in an instant. Oh, like that one time I told you, <laughs> she was singing about our friendship. You remember the song? No. Anyway, you were singing about our friendship, <laughs> and then, and then like five minutes later, she wouldn't speak to me. <laughs> was I that? I keep switching from you to she. I'm sorry. Was that here? Yeah, it was here. And now we can talk about that because we understand each other better. <laughs> but I was like, I could never do that. Like, either I'm upset all day because we have a conflict, or I'm really happy. And I will, I will try to get back to happy as soon as possible. <laughs> but not you. So now I understand, because you have all these emotions that I don't even feel. <laughs> you don't even have. <laughs> I don't even have that range. You have, like, a, you know, like a spectrum. You're all the way to ultraviolet or whatever. Uh, I can't even feel those. So the fact that you have all those and you have to sort them out all the time... <laughs> No wonder you need a long time. I didn't know that. Uh, so I, I am much better at uh, understanding, okay, you need a long time. I can handle that for a little while. I know you'll come back around. I wasn't sure of that before. I didn't know. Okay. And also I learned uh, as a four, you don't care about the rules because you're like, I think it's part of your uniqueness or mm-hmm. trying to be unique. You're like, oh, I don't care about rules. I'm my mm-hmm. own person. But that just drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I need to follow the rules. <laughs> and I used to think that made me, like, unfun. So I was, like, trying so hard to get to your level of carefreeness. But I'm never going to be at that level, <laughs> and that's okay. And I can appreciate your lack of concern for the <laughs> rules because I need to let loose more with the rules. And I have. I've let kids eat on the field, and I've not said anything mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't think Sammy would care. <laughs> so why do I care so much? I care because it's a rule. <laughs> oh, anyway, so I've learned, yeah, why you don't care about the rules, not just because you're, like, the funnest person in the world, which you are, mm. but it's because of your, your personality. And I don't have to try and reach to that level. <laughs> Um, I've also learned that you're a really great teacher, which I'm honestly, if I think about it too long, I'm like really jealous about because I had to go to school for this and you didn't have to. It just came naturally. 
Also, you're naturally good at kids, which I had to go to school for. Well, two and above. Yeah, okay. <laughs> which is all the ones I'm, like, not naturally good at. <laughs> and you love being around kids, which I didn't know because we never were around kids, really. No, not in college. So that was new to me. And I was also a little bit like, well, you're welcome. I brought you here. Oh, and, please. Um, you get to do all these things you love. <laughs> and now I've learned that I'm not that great at it. <laughs> uh, okay, and the last thing that I realized today, uh, you're looking at my list, so yeah. you already know, but you love learning so much. And I used to just think, oh, she loves watching random YouTube videos. <laughs> but that's not it. It's you love learning. I never so thought about it. So whether it's way. like how to clean shoes or how to invest money, it's not like, for entertainment, you're actually trying to learn how to do these things. And now that you've applied that to the Bible, it's really cool because you're like, you're going to catch up to me soon in Bible knowledge, I'm sure. You know what my secret goal is? What, to beat me in Bible trivia? No, I just want to play Bible trivia with you and your grandma. Oh my gosh, grandma. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> we That's have all I want. Place. Every time I finish a book, I'm like, I am this much closer to just playing to the stay. game. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm not going to win. Gonna happen. But I have thought about that probably <clears throat> once a week since I started really getting into it. Like, I, I cannot wait until I get to play Bible trivia with Beth and her grandma. Well, that is a wonderful goal for us. Yes. And we will keep you updated on Grandma that, King. Everyone. I'm in. I'm almost done with Second Kings, and I've already read the New Testament, so I have about 800 pages left. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time we get back, we you're definitely going to be ready. You think so? Yeah. Kings sucks. Well, it's, it's a boring. lot of names. It's like really, you know what? But I'm in the J's. Jehu and Jehoshaphat and Jehobaba and Jubadubada and Jabba. Well, I just read about Jerubabel. I can't remember judges. who, which king is when. It's so confusing. Well, I got okay. really frustrated this morning. So Let me give you me. a little pro tip: Bible trivia. You're not going to need to know the order of the kings, but you should know, like, who's related to. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, and there are so great. many kings. And you know what? My note that I made in my journaling Bible, which you gave me in 2016, yes. I said. Oh, what did I say? Today you wrote. <laughs> yeah, it today. I wrote it today. I forgot. Okay, I'm teaching the Old Testament to my class. I didn't teach Bible last year. There was another teacher who taught it, but I'm teaching it this year, and it's really reinforcing my knowledge of it. And the in Bible in school we're learning about Samuel we're just getting into Samuel and Samuel prophesying and telling the Israelites you know God says you don't really want this king that you're saying you want we talked about what you want and what you need your wants and your needs this week and I just I applied that to my reading of second kings today that the books are probably frustrating for me to read because they were never supposed to be there yeah (laughs) that's a lot of things oh my goodness I got frustrated reading the Bible too, but I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, that's what I had. Oh, and one more thing about you loving learning. You memorized all the countries in Africa. Yes, I did. For fun. Because I wanted... Because you love learning. Well, okay. That's true. My dad loves learning, though. I think that's where I'm getting it from, is that my dad really likes geography and history. And Well, what can I do but be my father's daughter? I'm surprised as a four you're admitting you got it from somewhere. Okay. My dad, my own, my own dad. I know. Original 
because he's my dad, not yours. Okay. That's what I got. Okay, cool. Um, what about me? What about me? Thank you. It's, it's my turn to talk about you. What I've learned about you. You are a hard worker, which you did say earlier today. <laughs> and you really are a hard worker because I have gone to your class hoping to go home and you just will stay. And I'm like, well, that's a bummer. I came here and she's going to stay for an hour and paint these cabinets and grade those things and hang those things up. And I don't want to do that. So I'm going home. (laughs) So you're a much harder worker than me. I said I was a hard worker. Yes, I did. But Beth is much harder worker than I am. You're a hard worker with better limits. Okay. Sure. You're better than me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I'm also more unique than you. Oh, yes. There's so many ones in the world. But so many. Only one four. Not that many here, though. No. Um, you are determined to be kind to everybody. I can oh, yeah. really easily <laughs> be just horrible to people because I am a conflict avoider by nature, and I just gravitate towards people who I want to be around, and I am very selfish about that. But I do know that if there's a some if there's a somebody I don't alike, <laughs> I will avoid them. But you won't, um, yeah. and that's very admirable to me. I think that's something that I noticed right away when we were first becoming friends was how many people you knew and were kind to, and they liked being around you. Thanks. Your Yelp review was really good, like oh, good. four and a half stars. I didn't pay off any of those people. <laughs> Um, you're a very sacrificial person. You sacrifice, uh, I don't know, you do the dishes. My time? You sacrifice your time to do the dishes where I'm just going to leave it in there and then just say, well, it'll get done eventually. But you will call somebody in the morning on the weekends and then wash the dishes from 7 to 9 and just just wait. (laughs) Wait for somebody else to enter the room so that you can eat breakfast and hang out with them. But you're very sacrificial and you do the dishes. Maybe you like doing it. You'll even do it, like right now, we don't have water and you're still doing it. I don't know how. I don't know why. But you're still (laughs) washing the dishes despite our lack of water. You also give me clothes that I just, I want. And you're like, okay, you'll have it. It's fine. And I just, I'm like... I'm a very possessive person with my things. I do not like sharing. I grew up with one more sibling than you, and we were forced to share one ice cream. That's just one of the things. One thing. between three? One ice cream be- between three, because it's too expensive to get three ice creams whenever we went to ice cream. And that was frustrating for me as a child. I didn't and know And so that. I suck at sharing because of that, because I hate sharing ice cream. And then inevitably, Mom would take a bite, Dad would take a bite, and then, oh, it's gone. And it's mm. kind of slimy now. That's why you didn't want to share your your pumpkin ice cream. No, that's why you want, I didn't want to share it. It's mine. Oh, dang. I knew you didn't like sharing, but I didn't know it stemmed from ice cream. Yes, it did. Um, it was either we would have to share it or we'd get, not the small size, we would get the basically infant-sized ice cream. I just looked ahead on your list. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, you also gave me a book that I really wanted because I, I loved it. And you give me letter supplies all the time. You share your stamps with me. You share your money with me when you want to get me a gift. When we met, what's mine is yours. I don't remember you saying that. We definitely talked about that. You did? Yeah. I don't remember that. But it's nice that you're saying it again. (laughs) 
You're so nice. Oh, thank what you. What if that's all I said? Oh, I'd be like, that's lame. Yeah, it would be lame. But you're then not just that nice. That wouldn't be nice of me You're to more say. than nice. Ooh, contradictory. Then so you'd maybe be nothing I to me. That. I don't know. In the moment, I'm suddenly <laughs> nice. <laughs> you're a very giving person. You have supported countless people, countless Malawians, college educations here. And that is something that has been very impressive for me to see and very encouraging for me to see, too. Um, when money is just an issue that I think most of us go through of, like, not wanting to give it away, especially when you're selfish like me and you don't like sharing. Sharing money <laughs> is hard. Um, but you share it so freely and so quickly that it, it has been inspiring and really just helpful for me to kind of break out of that uh, that thought process of, well, it's my money, it's mine. I didn't expect to be showered with praise. Well, you showered me, so it's a vice versa thing. But to go along with giving, <laughs> you also love to spend your money. You will spend hundreds of dollars on Amazon and just buying the most random things. That's not true. Random? You have Hello Kitty shoes now. Those did not cost hundreds of dollars. Every supporter I have is listening. You're right. And thinking I'm spending all their money on <laughs> shoes. They were a good deal. Okay. <laughs> but you just, anytime there's an opportunity, and that is something that I think we'll talk about in another podcast. Oh, yeah, podcast, we should definitely talk about one. that. But being an expat, being a missionary in another country overseas where mail is not easy to get, and neither are it's, any things. It just turns you into the, a different kind of spender and yes. a different kind of scavenger, which has been kind of funny to see um, grow in us. I don't know. But it helps it, you uh, like really think about what you're buying. You did just say random things, but to us, you buy random things. I bought things. Altoids. I would like to say to other people it would seem <laughs> random, but since we've been here and had just a lack of of resources when there's someone coming from America you know exactly what you want yeah you do because you've had it's been months in your to cart. think about it <laughs> and you've realized there is not available in this country so you know exactly there's what no you mints need. in this country there's uh, candy mints I don't I want a metal tin of mints you have one now I'm very aware of <clears throat> coffee breath and being close to my students and doing one on one talking I really don't want that so I have mints and I been waiting to tell somebody that. Yeah, I didn't know that you needed them. I didn't even ask. I know. That's why I had to say it. <laughs> well, the things you buy just don't surprise me anymore. So I'm surprised you're surprised by what I buy. Well, I will never cease to be surprised. Okay. You also, you are a one, which is I am been, a one. It, you are a one. You are number one. Number one friend, too. Um, aw. Aw. And you hide your feelings. And I think that growing up, I didn't know what to do with this spectrum of feelings that I had because I didn't have any control over them. And even now, sometimes I feel emotionally inept in certain situations, but I have learned that you just hide your feelings. I think there have been times when I've been, you know, up or down, ruminating, ruminating on something that I've just been like, but Beth is so level-headed all the time. What's <laughs> up with that? But that's because you're hiding your feelings. Yeah. And that has been an interesting thing to interact with as I've been learning about how I function and how I work as a person with my brain and my emotions and my feelings and how you work 
And I almost now take it as a responsibility. I think I've noticed. Some, I, think, <laughs> I think sometimes I'm boxing, I'm boxing myself into this fort thing, but I do take it as a responsibility not now. A box. No, I know. It's a guideline. Shut up. <laughs> that I, I find a, a new sense of a, of purpose. I don't know. It's my job as a Ford to make you think about your feelings. And maybe you don't like that, but I like it. So I'm going to keep yeah, doing it. Yeah, she likes it, it all right. <laughs> I it's think good. It's, it's like good. a superpower that if I'm the only one who knows about it, it's my job to spread it, and I'm going to do it. Um, but I have seen you grow in your own self-awareness. I think that you have been able to put more thoughts to your feelings when you have to, because you still do pretty much have the same feeling five days a week. Um, except on weekends. I have different feeling on weekends. I don't know. <laughs> you also are a very passionate person, which is something that I've known since I've met you. But it's fun to see the different passions that you have. You're incredibly passionate about your rabbit. You're very oh, you're passionate right. about See, I your friends. I was just friends. thinking that I lost a lot of passion, but I just channeled it all into Lois. I think that that's true. You are unbelievably in love with that rabbit, and it shows. I hope so. Yes, I really do love him. <laughs> you are very passionate about your friends and making sure that you call them whenever you can. You are passionate about cooking, not just cooking for me because you do that, which is great. Very nice. <laughs> But also just cooking in general and wanting to learn more about how to do it and learning more about how to bake and making sure that people feel loved by your food and by giving them, you know, a treat. And you're also very chill. And I, that always gets me. I just think it's ridiculous. Like, we don't have water right now, so you're just going to uh, take a shower with, with, the jugs. with the jugs, these Five liter jugs that you'll just take a shower with. That's instead. so interesting. You think I'm so chill because I have to pray to be chill like every single day. You, but I'm just chill with like those things. Like not having water. That's fine. But like not having Wi Fi, it might not be so chill. Or like, <laughs> uh, you know, when um, the boss is mad at me, I'm not going to be chill about it. Yeah. But I'm working on it. But I appreciate that a lot. You are welcome. Because I would love to be known as chill. Chill Beth. You know, chill Beth. Oh, yeah, chill Beth. Yeah, she's chill. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's super chill. I just... She has Hello Kitty shoes. She's... Oh, that, they're really chill. Those shoes are chill. They're on that chill girl she Beth. She bought them on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> with her chill money. She'll give us some of her chill money. She's super she's giving. She's so chill. She's so chill and giving. Um, that's it. That's all I have for you for right now. That's a lot. Yeah. That was so nice. Thank Remember you. Remember when you were like... I don't know how to affirm you, because we're just bestest friends. <laughs> but you just affirm me a lot, so I hope you save something for Affirmation Day in six months. Oh, okay. Or you can say that stuff again in front of more people. That would be really great. Okay. <laughs> well, is that everything? I think so. Me too. I, did, I do remember right now that there was a point that I said that maybe we'll come back to. Oh, yeah, it was about... Uh, home. People in home. I don't know. Well, I feel like we talked about that in the last episode pretty well. So 
So you can go listen to the last episode for the answer of considering home a place where people are. Yes. Sounds good. Yes. All right, that's all for now. Yeah, thanks for listening. Tune in again, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after for more of this. Shall we sing a song? Why not? What was the theme again? Well, we learned about that. That's what we learned. That's what we learned about ourselves. You and me learn something every day. That's what we learned about ourselves.